0: you really do need to get out of your own way. Like that's the greatest battle over the journey. But that leap of I've got to do this now, like you can't just be working on the side for free all the time. Like are you doing this or are you not? I think something has to give. You can't be all things to all people all the time. My thing was is I wanted to do 150% at everything. I had an amazing team to help me support that. But it's also at what cost. Treat people the way you wish to be treated because I feel like for me I wouldn't be here if it wasn't like that. Yeah. So I feel like if you treat people the way you wish to be treated then good comes with good. Welcome to the
1: Seize the Yay podcast. Welcome back, beautiful people. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. Oh my gosh, I'm so sick of hearing myself say that, but I actually do hope that you are. (laughs) For those who joined for our live hump day lunch hour that I finally gave a name, Chits and Giggles, I hope you did indeed have a giggle and that it brightened up your week. I just felt the carrot costume was absolutely necessary and a little bit of fun. (laughs) Nick was our first guest for the live Q&A and chat about pretty much anything, and we'll be continuing at 1pm on Wednesdays every week live, so please let me know who you want to hear from. Thinking of getting past guests back on to give us an update on where they've been, so let me know if you have any requests. As for this week's podcast guest, we both love rambling nearly as much as each other and we go all over the place in what I was humbled to hear was perhaps the most honest chat she's had, particularly with all the time we've had recently for Reflections. You've almost certainly seen the work of the wonderful Lana Wilkinson, Australia's most beloved celebrity and fashion stylist behind the best dressed at the Logies, Brownlow races, TV, and everything in between, as well as founding on the side her very own shoe line by Lana Wilkinson. You'd be forgiven for thinking it was all glitz and glamour, which of course sometimes it is, as I got very nosy about. But I love how Lana embraces every opportunity to also show the other side of her work and her life. She is incredibly hardworking, reflective, thoughtful, and never takes life too seriously. Also, please excuse a few glitches from Zoom along the way, where one of us laughing blocks out the other's words. There was a lot of laughing. So I hope you enjoy getting to know Lana a little bit more and have a laugh with us along the way. Lance! Sarah! How are you going? Welcome
0: to the show! for having me. I feel really, it's so nice to see your face i've missed you i feel like um isolation is pretty different isn't
1: it (laughs) oh it's it's so different it's so different it's a big adjustment for everyone i think you guys just before we started recording Lance and i were just mentioning how like if you just accept it's going to be a roller coaster and everyone's going to have shit days and good days but on the good days you can remember the things to be grateful for it really helps you get through i think 100 percent, and that i'm leaning into it Everyone's like, what do you mean? And I, I think
0: for me, I guess when I say leaning into it, I mean understanding I'm not going to be out of control whatever the outcomes are going to be sometimes for that day. So, but I think it's something that we're all going through and the good thing is we've got our health, Sarah. We've got our health, we've got our families, you know,
1: going to make the best of it. Totally, totally. And I think it's, you know, maybe for some people too early for silver linings, but I think for creatives, at least there's been so much pivoting and diversifying and connecting differently that ultimately I think will, when we eventually do come out of it again, lead to just different ways of doing things that we wouldn't have otherwise discovered or thought of for our businesses and our lives. And yeah, I think at the other end of this, it will all be quite exciting. I think that's the
0: thing that's been really great to see isn't it we're all in a you know crappy situation but what I've loved seeing is people doing great things whether it be you know designers taking photos of themselves trying to you know in in a space that they normally wouldn't adapting to the situation and I think adapting how we communicate that part's been great to see and I think without sort of standing too cheesy I think the support with every, between everyone has been really great as well whether it's like how are you going you know support on Instagram you know like yours and Nick's take on famous movie scenes and things like that like the Titanic I was crying <laughs> but it's, it's great because it also injects just some humor and fun and I think it's those sorts of things that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily have the time to do. So I think those lighthearted things are are, are just as important as the business type things as well that we're all doing.
1: Yeah. It is those little things that see you through like a little chuckle or even just a little moment, like right now of seeing each other's faces and being like, hi. (laughs) But I also love how both of us were like, Oh my God, you look so beautiful because we're wearing makeup. And even just putting your face on, getting out of your PJs, doing your hair, like, even though most of the time, like, other than obviously when you have a podcast, most days no one's going to see you, it actually makes your mentality feel so much better when you're like, I recognize myself. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're, they're the things that I've really noticed as well because, you know, the ethos of my business or businesses, for lack of a better term, is to sort of, it's how you feel, like, feeling good. And, for me, one of the things I found really challenging at the start, and its it, I want to stress it's not to sort of sound materialistic or anything like that, but, I, you know, getting ready, getting dressed is part of my identity. So just mm. sort of be, okay, we, we're not caring so much because we're at home, that that felt really foreign to sort of not get up and have someone to be, like I've realised out of this I'm quite a driven person. And so having that routine creature of habit so I feel like feeling good has been one of those things if it's meant that that particular day I've needed to go you know what I'm going to put my jeans on I'm not going to be in active today I'm going to go up and I'm going to put my makeup on I'm going to do my hair like if that's what I've needed to do then I've just done it and I think that's the thing is feeling good has become just something you've got to really focus on you know because I feel like especially myself and I know I'm sure a lot of your listeners as well it's like I'm a parent so I've added homeschooling to my repertoire and I was like what would the teacher wear today and <laughs> Uh, you know, but the chamber was like, well, the, tea, the the desk is my office today with, with Ava, so <laughs> there are no rules. And I think that's the great thing I'm seeing as well as people checking in with each other and, you know, we're all having jokes about how was homeschooling today. Oh, my gosh. You know, so I think it's just how you whatever you need to do to get through, that's that's the right thing, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lance, I you are already a woman of so many talents, and I can't believe you've added homeschooling to that long list of things that you're mastering. (laughs) (laughs) But that reminds me of the first question, which before we even get into the story of how you got there, kind of breaks down the very social media glossy surface that we all get on the outside. And you know, particularly in your industry. so much of what you do is the external, beautiful, glossy, preened and put together end result. But I love that you are already so good at showing all the relatable stuff behind the scenes and you're just so down to earth. And every time I see you, I just we have such a blast. But for the benefit of the listeners, what is something Behind the scenes, that's super down to earth about you, obviously, other than homeschooling your kids right now.
0: Um, oh, that that I'm actually quite relaxed. Like I don't walk around done up all the time. And, <laughs> and, and, and I think when it comes down to it, I, I don't actually, I think that your external beauty or the things that you wear, or they show a part of who you are. So it's not for me to judge that. And that probably sounds quite, you're a stylist and so people often will say to me, I didn't know what to wear today when I was going to be catching up with you. I'm like, I don't. That's the, the furthest thing from my mind when I meet somebody is that. I just think, well, it's going to be different to mine, but you're showing me who you are a little bit. So that's a great thing. So for me, it's sort of not judging what someone's wearing or how to improve it. I think that's the thing about me that's quite sort of real. And then the thing especially at the moment is that it's like just trying to focus on those things that that really matter like mm. you know I've tried to take a little bit as much as you can because I've got a brand as well so you've got to try and make sure that you're also very current on social media but I think it's really important to take a pause because as you mentioned earlier you know so much of the work that I've done today is that external everything's perfect and I think what this teaches you is that it's not and that's okay as well and so mm. For me, I've been trying to work out a little bit, which was something I didn't really make time for. And I had a really nice, like I was looking all good, I had all my good gear on of me working out. But the reality is I've got kids zooming in and out and I was like, you know what, And I put something up the other day and it did not look pretty. But I was like, it shouldn't. Like the fact that I'm trying to take care of myself and showing, hey, I'm doing my best, that's enough. Whereas I think Lana pre-ISO would have felt like I needed to make it all look great so you could see the kit the kit i was wearing and the whereas (laughs) girlfriend you've got up you've got dressed and you're working out tick so Mm. i think things for me it's just trying to keep it as real as possible and and i do think that is definitely across fashion as an industry i think that that's what's going to come through is just keeping things real keeping you know quality over quantity what are those things and not everything needs to be perfect if you're feeling your best, you know. And I, yeah, I was sweating and I was sweating. I was so excited. Thanks to Keep It Cleaner. I'll do a little plug for them. <laughs> Thanks to Steph and Laura keeping me up and going. But, you know, I, I felt my best because I was taking care of me for a change, with them, which was kind of nice. Probably a bit deep. Oh.
1: <laughs> No, that is so lovely and the deeper the better. Like, you know, I mean, you've listened before. You know I love that stuff. I love so much when people reflect on, especially when there's a change that sparked that you, you know, it takes the smallest thing for a big change to spark and, you know, it's so weird how for some of us it obviously took isolation for us to have all these realisations about our identity and what's important, but it's so beautiful to see that that's coming through. And I think you're actually one of the people who's, taught me over time that what from the outside often seems like quite a superficial industry, like you mentioned at the start, you know, it's very external, it's very visual, but you've taught me that it's it's not, in fact, it's the opposite of superficial in most cases, other than the super high-end haute couture. Fashion and styling is confidence. It's actually so much more about what the outside does to the inside. And I love how you've given me that perspective on clothing and fashion and styling because I didn't understand it that way before our chats and before seeing you really everything you do in your work is to boost people's confidence it's not because you care so much about the outside which obviously everyone always looks so amazing but it's how they carry themselves as well that's the thing and oh thank you that's very kind to say because that you know because they're the
0: things that and, and, and again, it's not to sort of bruise my horn at all, but I really do think, I really believe that when you're feeling your best, you project that. And that's why, like before, when I was saying, if on those days I've needed to feel better, I know that that's part of making myself feel like me because when you are a control freak like myself, uh, you I hear ya. then you tear away all of the stuff that you normally do. Yeah. That's the thing you can control is your experience and your exposure and your response. So I feel like when I say exposure, I mean to... Sorry, I've got a little friend here. Yeah, I saw... <laughs> started to go off, I was like, oh, we can edit this, can't
1: we? (laughs) I am leaving that in. (laughs) You know what? There we go. That is
0: real life right there. That is... We're on a break from homeschooling, so you can have a Is this fun. recess? This is recess. It is about recess time, actually. That's mm. a win. But I think I think to um sorry I've just sort of sidetracked now, back on track. Yeah. You know, fashion can be seen often as quite frivolous. Mm. And it's it's definitely not. And I think, you know, we've seen so many people doing beauty tutorials and hair tutorials and all those sorts of things, and people that generally are behind the scenes who have come out the front and gone, okay, I can't do this on a on a model. I can't, you know, so I'm going to do it on myself. And I'm like, this is fantastic. This is great. Because I feel like as well, it's everybody owning their own situation and making people feel better. For me, I think as we move through this next process, I think it is going to be very much people wanting to buy things that make them feel confident. Yeah. You know, you know, and often I used to get really frustrated when I was You know, on Instagram as well, it's like you might have, say, done a spring racing carnival and so you may have worked with particular talent and people are like, oh, you only dress that kind of person or that and it could not be further from the truth. I think for me the reason that, you know, I was able to have the confidence to start moving into a space where you can talk about body shapes and how to dress people and do that is because I have dressed so many different people, whether it be women who are are well-known or men who are well-known versus just the average person hands up, I'm the average person, you know. It's like I think we're all just trying to just do our best. So yeah. I think what this is teaching us, and I don't mean to ramble, but I feel like it's like let's just not be so hard on ourselves, you know. like mm. Whilst I would never pick this situation ever like I don't think I've ever been mentally challenged as much as I have been in the last few weeks but what we've been given is the gift of time there is no like you said earlier it might be a little bit earlier for silver lining but I think when we look back we've been given
1: time to assess to reflect and so maybe in the long term we'll be better for it maybe oh that's beautiful Lance and I I'm just loving so much even the fact that these chats now I, it's so weird. I've never done video before even though a lot of them aren't in person and even that small change of like, well, now I want to connect with people, I want to see them, I'm realising, oh, this like I'm using this beautiful gift of time to connect with people visually over these chats and it's just, it's been so wonderful just to see how people laugh and to connect and realise we're all human has just been so beautiful. Oh, well, it's like as much as we've been disconnected, we've never been more connected. Like, yeah.
0: You and I, right, we've spoken heaps over text, over things, you know, but normally it'd be like, oh, I'm going to see her in a couple of weeks, we'll catch up then. And I'd, I feel like, you know, you were at one of the last events that I was actually able to, we were actually able to be at. Yeah. And now it's like everything's turned off. You can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, but thanks to zoom and house party and you know facetime and even people when you just call them now I'm like i'm in a facetime and talk to you like mm. i think in those ways i think there's a genuine sense of care that's coming out and you know and and that need to connect with people is is probably stronger than ever so i think they're the positives to to take from this really ordinary situation
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of connecting with people, one of my favorite, favorite parts of this podcast is the fact that a lot of people. Who, you know, come on, we've encountered them and and plonked into this chapter that looks like it was an overnight success, but it's always been decades and decades in the making. And often that stuff doesn't kind of make the media or make the press because it's not as sexy. But I find going all the way back to the beginning and, and going through the whole roller coaster of not knowing what you want to do and who you are and taking all these different kind of diversions before you end up where you are now, it reminds everyone that we're all on our own journey, that no one has it figured out, and that it, it always takes a very, very long time to get there. So take us back to young Lana with, you know, not getting school captain at St. Columbus. <laughs> father in a dry cleaning firm I didn't know you were sporty by the way
0: I'm pretty I'm very competitive I don't think people know that about me
1: (laughs) I didn't know I knew you were competitive because you're so driven but I didn't know it was like being sporty with like it's
0: a healthy competition I I think (laughs) especially in the industry there's a fine line between wanting to do well um and stepping over other people to get there for sure you know, I'd need to sleep at night, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another thing I am is huge softy. I'm a sensitive Sally. You know, mm. at the moment it doesn't take much for me to drop a tear. Like I watch an ad. I love it. Like, I, you know, yeah, I, but I, I do. I, I love sport. But I think it was the foundations, so if I think back and we talk about being connected, you know, I used to play a lot of tennis and I used to, like and some of those people are still my friends today when I was growing up. Mm. Um, we used to swim a lot like I feel like in a lot you know that they were kind of the grounding the character building really like that's why I can't wait for my girls to start getting into you know dancing and you know we're trying to I love tennis so we're trying to go that way but I think it's really important to have them form those relationships and, you know, relationships with different people as well that are outside your circle I think are really important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, even just from your, you know, your early family relationships, you can see how you always mention your dad and his dry cleaning firm and how he was such a hard worker running his own business that has since kind of instilled those values in you, even if you didn't start in business years later when you did eventually leave your career and go into business that that those values have have stayed with you so yeah tell us about that time in your childhood what you thought you wanted to be originally how you chose you know your bachelor of comms at RMIT and what that whole first chapter of Lana was like and your decisions back then
0: yeah, I think for me, I always kind of gravitated to more leadership roles. I know that probably sounds that's why, but I'm, as you mentioned, I did miss out on my school captaincy. I was like, someone will do a recount. <laughs> yeah, well, I did, and I don't, I don't know exactly why that is. I, I was before I had children. I was actually a very, i probably still. Some people would say I'm quite strong, but I was exceptionally strong. Like I, I was someone who, rightly or wrongly, used to look at crying as a weakness. Now I'm like, turn the tap on. I'm here. To come. But I, I was, I was quite a strong personality. Um, I loved being social. I loved being with my friends. I still do. And I wanted to be a lawyer, actually. I really, I wanted to be a lawyer. That was my thing. And I remember, you know, when you can do work experience in your senior sort of years, I I went and worked for a law firm and it was family law. And and then I realized, oh, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Like this is, this is pretty full on, You you know, when you're talking about parents, you know, trying to, have custody around children, things like that. And I thought, oh. And then I always thought, oh, no, I want to do crime more. And then I thought, no, I don't think I've got the stomach for that. (laughs) Anyway, and then someone, I remember saying to somebody, I would have been maybe year 11, I said, I think I I really enjoy writing. I like telling stories. And she's like, oh, just because you... Just because you can write well doesn't mean you can be a writer. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. So, I well, thought, I
1: will be one then.
0: I will show you that. But then, someone talked to me about public relations. I thought, now yeah, this sounds like something i really love because I always, I always, I did love fashion. I always did. Like when I was growing up, I used to, you know, get a hold of my mum's old bridesmaid's dresses and things she wouldn't wear. You know, much to her dismay. <laughs> so I think, I think I, that creative side was always in me. And then, yeah, Bachelor of Comms at RMIT was a hard course to get into, but managed to do that. And I remember just always loving the media side of stuff. Always, you know, I found it really interesting. I was one of those people that back in the days of Joan Rivers doing the e-red carpet, like I was addicted. Um, celebrity, I loved all of that sort of side of things. Not necessarily celebrities as such, like that sounds a bit, bit wrong particularly in now, but it was more, you know, behind the actor's studio, things like that. So I just loved that whole vibe of things. So I kind of then, after studying that, I ended up working at Fox Footy Channel, which was an on reception of all things. And I remember even at that point realising the power of being in a position where you were the first thing that people, but the first impression, I guess, of what the company was. Yeah. And I think it's a process, you know, to bring it back to what's going on now. There's probably a lot of people sitting home going, well, I've always done this. How do I be seen to be doing this? And for me, it was always about relationships. Yeah. Like, so I was on reception and I would be speaking to the heads of television at Foxtel. Mind you, I'd just be getting their coffee. You know, you've gone and educated yourself, got this degree. And I'm pouring tea, but whatever, <laughs> like I was prepared to do whatever it took to kind of just get my foot in the door. And then fortunately enough for me, Foxtel and back then their work wasn't streaming and things like that. I'm sounding like I'm a hundred years old. I'm not.
1: But no, um, babe, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I'm so impressed that you even mentioned house party before.
0: Oh, I was like, woo, but like sales and the sales and marketing team for Foxtel as a whole, um, you know, network ran upstairs and so I got to know them. There was a job opportunity that opened up in sales and marketing so I took it and then the next thing you know I was working on things like launching high-definition television into Australia, working on the deals of AFL, joining Foxtel and that sort of gamut which at the time was quite huge. So I had all these amazing opportunities but I really I love the sales and marketing side, but I, the fashion stuff was really calling. I'd walk, you know, I'd be that girl that'd come in all done up at work back then, you know, I wasn't, didn't have mortgages and things, so this is quite a scam in the theater because of courage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of, I knew then that that was something I really wanted to do. And I then worked for Westfield, uh, got a job there in retail marketing, and it was amazing and probably set the tone for everything that, has come thereafter. Then I met Liam. Then we got engaged. This is a really long life story. I'll land this plane. No, it's a,
1: will <laughs> land them. I'll land the plane. See, I just take everyone on a journey. It's like this. This is exactly what we need, Lance. We need people to take us on a journey. We can't go on actual planes. So this is the best journey I've taken all week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think even during then, like I knew I was good at it, but I wanted, I just, there was something that was just missing for me. And I think even then I was mid twenties at this point. Mm. And then I got engaged and then three months out from our wedding I probably naively was like right it's time to switch it up and I ended up um, at a a land and property group be it Stockland which was amazing and set me up for just how to run business and you know really manage not just like a small budget like multi-million dollar budgets and I was a project marketing manager there and I loved that that whole environment it was great and then somewhere in between that I had a friend who was going on a reality show and said to me, I know you've got all these relationships with designers from Westfield because I'd sort of worked pretty hard there and said, oh, would you style me for the show? I
1: thought, <laughs> I
0: can do that. And then I, Instagram and Facebook were kind of in there. Well, Facebook was full on gamut but like Instagram was in its infancy and then I just started posting my looks that I was doing on her and then one thing led to another and then somehow I ended up working this corporate job where well, I was earning three figures from like 8.30 till, you know, seven o'clock at night. And then I'd come home and I'd write my blog and share all my tips on how to shop and buy and use the behind the scenes photos. And then I guess you could say the rest was history. I was like, now I'm a stylist, but managing being a marketing person as well. And And before at that point... I thought that was the hardest I'd ever worked because I was needing to. I was one of those people that was very much aware that someone was paying me to do a job, and I needed to do it. I couldn't be sitting there doing mother work on somebody else's time. Yeah. So then, you know, this was obviously pre children as well, and I would be styling stuff and sourcing and doing those things till like two in the morning. And so that went on for about three years and I was freelancing and I say free and I've said this in a few interviews if you've done your homework, you were saying I was working free and people would be like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, but I love it.
1: Oh my God, Lance, so many things to extract from that, that are just so exactly what this show is about and exactly what we all need reminders of so often that firstly, like you don't have to know all the steps in your staircase to take the first step. Like when you first got out into the workforce, you had no idea styling was on the cards. You didn't even know pretty much right up until you just started doing it by accident. So many things happened by accident naivety can be so good for you because you just start and you you don't let the fear overcome, you know, you you don't know what you're getting into so it's kind of better for you. And also that like even Abby just last week, who you work with now, both of you started out pouring coffees and it's exactly how you get your foot in the door is just good relationships, being willing to do anything and give it a red hot crack and just see where it takes you.
0: That's right. And I think that's the thing that I try and encourage when people are working for me is like I would never and I don't ask them to do anything that I don't do, mm. you know. That's been the, the real, I guess, light bulb moment in the current situation is I'm like with my shoe brand, I'm doing the stock take, I'm packing the orders. With shoots that we're doing to kind of create content and do things for that, I'm unpacking, I'm doing the stock, I'm sending them to the post office and back, I'm getting them cleaned back. Like, I don't and that's not that doesn't feel foreign to me because I've always done it. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's worked for me, if it's been a, from an interning point of view or, or you know, if I've paid them to assist, et cetera, is if I'm willing to do it and I'm asking you to do it, it's because I do it as well. And I think they're the things, if I'm being honest, I probably needed to delegate some of those things a lot sooner, <laughs> that control freak singing again but it's also true because I feel bad because I know that it's hard work yeah so I think just keeping your feet on the ground I think it's really important and remembering where you started you know and for me that sort of carried me through and I'm not trying to be a preacher but for me I think just remembering those steps on the way has kind of helped even in navigate the current situation that we're
1: in. I guess. Yeah, for sure. And that's the bit that I love to focus on and hash over so much because people forget that that's what it took. People forget that you run coffees for free and that you did all these styling jobs for years while like on the side of a full-time job to get to where you are today. It never, no one just wakes up and is like, I'm styling every important person in Australia now. Like it literally takes the hard yards and that's the nitty gritty that doesn't make the papers anymore but you had to do that and that's what makes you still such a hard worker and so willing to get your hands dirty. I think the
0: thing that it's funny because even as early as yesterday there was something I was talking about uh, with my manager, Prue Corrigan, and she'd written to me something like, even as Nike, as you always say, like Nike says, just do it. Mm. And I think that's something that because I can sometimes procrastinate a bit because I get up all in my own head about is this going to work, what can we do, I'm not sure and and sometimes, and I know I've said this before, and it probably sounds a bit old, but you really do need to get out of your own way. Like oh. that's the greatest battle over the journey um, from a perspective of okay, I'm working full time, I then by this stage married, got a mortgage. Pregnant with my firstborn Ava, who'll be seven in October. So I'm like, wow, that's flown. But that leap of I've got to do this now. Like you can't just be working on the side for free all the time. Like you are you doing this or are you not? And you've got to give it a mm. crack. Like and and I was lucky that I had the support of my husband Liam, who, you know, it done quite well with his work and was like right well this is what we're doing so you need to you need to just make this decision now give it a go and if it doesn't work out yes you can have a choc-y. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> no she's good she's good um but this is life right now right it's like it's it's not perfect
1: absolutely I mean this is why I love these chats so much because you would never get like such a real insight into people's day-to-day lives when they're doing this from their office it's so funny seeing the random people that just walk across the
0: background (laughs) but i think as well too what it has done is prioritize the important stuff like what's what are the important things to do what are the things we need to do moving forward yeah for sure where we can excel like and i think if i go back to that time that we just talked about that was kind of the needle mover it's like well if you really want to take this to this next level, that's what you've got to do. You've got to take a risk. Yeah. Funnily enough, I kind of thrive on those experiences. I thrive on the challenge of free-falling, for lack of a better term. No, it, mind I you, love I'm it. Because I'm
1: like, I drain their life. <laughs> Um, But, like, as I'm doing it, it's awesome. Like, you yeah. know, love it. <laughs> I love that so much. And I definitely want to come back to that whole getting, it's so, so powerful getting out of your own way because most of the stuff that does stop us from succeeding is not because the idea is a failure or the project's a failure. It's because we think we're a failure and we, don't get out of our own head and, and get through the self-doubt, um, which is, there's a whole section <laughs> for that, but just bring it out quickly. With but- <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I know that because we have these chats, but most people forget that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes for everyone. And and it never leaves you as you get more and more successful. If anything, the pressure gets harder and harder. So I think that'll be such, such a valuable chat to have, but just quickly finishing off the actual journey to get there. Can you talk us through, like once you started styling, a lot of people don't even understand what styling is. And like because you don't have to study it, like how did you develop your techniques and what does it actually involve you actually doing? And then how did you get better at it? Like how did you practice and how did you break into, you know, that big defining moment for you was I think the Ruby Rose cover. How do you get into those networks and and start to sort of trust your skill set? I think for me, it's quite multifaceted in a way,
0: I guess, to break that down. Styling is, and I really believe, you know, if you're working with a brand or an organisation, it's about obviously executing your brief and bringing your vision to life or their vision to life, but obviously bringing in your two cents as well. If you're working with a person, um, whether it be known or unknown, it's about sort of extracting the things that they need from the experience or what they want like so for example if it's a personal client it may very well be that it is literally what are the things that you want love about yourself what are the things you want to showcase what are the things that you want to, to feel to get out of it is it because you want to change your image is it because you've lost weight is it because like whatever it might be mm. and in a lot of ways that sort of and I, I never prescribe to be any kind of therapist but there is a lot of coaching as well do you know what I mean like it's, it's almost like trying to get people to see the things that they need or that they love about themselves mm. so from a personal perspective if it's a talent or a celebrity it's about understanding what their brand identity is what they want to get out of it and then it's kind of going to the right designers to kind of pair with that person and if and then it might be that we're tailoring it to events so what we might do if it's just a a wardrobe cull or getting different outfits for them to wear versus doing a red carpet is a completely different thing. It's Mm. work with the designer, find the right person. Um, I very much work quite closely with a designer. For example, if it's a custom gown, we would go with an idea of what we want. We'd all work together and then we would pull, put that together for that person. And then I guess it's layering that with bringing the whole vision to life, like you know, sourcing the accessories, having fittings, working through the best options. That bit's the fun bit. Mm. Packdown's not. Return's big. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is the bit that I have only recently, since I've been doing more TV and like working with stylists more, that I didn't know. Of course, I figured, I could have figured out that someone has to get the clothes and take them back. But no one really thinks about it until they've seen it that there is so much shit for you to deal with at the end of events. So much shit. Dish up. Tell us everything.
0: Well, okay. <laughs> First of all, I'm lucky, particularly in the last few years, I've had great clients. But I remember when I was starting out, it was, oh, you'd be like, I didn't need to know that about your hygiene or not hygiene. And so <laughs> things get sent back in the right way. But it's like, oh, my God, like I'm needing to dry clean this and send it back to the designer so they want to work with me again. So I think to your point before, if we take a step back when you were saying, what does it take? It's, it's you know, brand relationships, like the designers, the brands. They are your gold. Like clients will come and go, so don't do the wrong things by the brands or the designers. Mm. 365 days of the year for anything that might come up. So for me, it was really important to make sure over the journey that you know if I got behind scenes behind the scenes shots of what shoots we were doing or what work we were doing, that we were we were sharing those because you know back in the day you used to have to wait for editorial to come out before you would share images now it's like instantaneous you know we take it from yeah.
1: get from
0: people excited and you build momentum um, and I do think that'll translate particularly as we move into this next phase. but I think from a perspective of just and again going back to that whole styling and returns and things like that is you generally build a huge rack of the things that might be relevant for that particular client and anyone who's worked with me will tell you I love options I don't like just going well we've got one look so we've got like four things I'm like we've got one look I've got to get 10 things yeah much to anybody who's working um with me (laughs) like do we really need this many things I'm like yes because in my head it might work but then we put it on the person and it doesn't work and I want to be able to go we've got we've got more to pull from so the process of that is very much having a fitting with someone working through the different sorts of options that we want to work through But then as you would have experienced as well is you've got to make sure sometimes people might, like I I very much believe in the communication with a person. So if I was dressing you, Sarah, I'd be like, tell me a little bit about yourself, what are the things you like, what are the things you don't like. Then I'd have to think about, for example, if we use uh, the wellness stuff you've been doing, mm-hmm. sending you out in a sexy nightclub dress, probably not going to work. <laughs>
1: you know what
0: I mean? So you really need to know the audience you're speaking to, you know,
1: yeah.
0: all from brands that then talk to that. So if you're sitting on a couch, I need to make sure that, you know, that the camera's not there and we can see, right through you know it's like being the, making sure that you know I love linen pieces but if you're sitting on a couch then you get stand up to do a segment it's all creased well that doesn't work so there's a lot of sort of they sound trivial but they all know how you feel because you're not going to feel good seeing yourself on camera looking like you slept in your outfit no. you know <laughs> I always go back to my I think the thing that's my strength is if you're feeling good, you will project that everywhere. So we do a feeding and you have that moment in the mirror and you're like, I'm looking really hot right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> my job's done. And then it's my job and the assistant's job to pack down and make sure everything else that you've tried on hasn't got makeup on it and that it looks right. And, you know, and then we send it back. But I think sometimes what people don't understand is the time that's involved. Oh. And I know I've said this a lot and it's funny because people say, oh, do you encounter that now? And I feel like, I wish that there was someone that could have spoken for me as I was coming up the ranks to kind of be that channel to say, make sure that when people are booking stylists, they put the, they quantify the time that's spent. Yeah. Um, that biggest beef sometimes in the industry is just making sure that you pay people what they're worth yeah you know I pay out of my own pocket to send all of that product back so that can be incorporated in the cost and I think it's just sometimes respecting it as an industry and so Mm. I try and make sure that with the platform that I have be it small if people care they don't care I don't care I just want to use it to sort of say you know I'm part of a, a wider group of people and we always need to make sure we're backing each other up and Sending out those messages. So,
1: a quick word about this episode's sponsor, Epzen, that has been carrying me through the madness of March since it launched. So far 2020 has been the busiest year we've ever had and now probably the craziest which while filled with so much yay also takes its toll on the body. I openly admit slowing down hasn't always been my strong point but I'm finding it more important than ever to fully relax each day and quiet in my mind at night so I can recharge properly. I've started a little ritual as close to daily as I can of jumping in a bath filled with Epsom's Relaxed Bath Salts to shake off the day before heading to bed. Relax combines the benefits of both magnesium that helps improve sleep, relax muscles and detox together with 100% natural essential oils like calming ylang ylang and stress relieving rose geranium. It's helping soak and sleep my way to sanity. Head to fzen.com.au to find out more and see the range of other products to help you zenergize. Well, even just what you said just now describing the million different things you've got to think about that everyone takes for granted that people on TV or people at the Logies or the Brownlow or whatever, they turn up and they look schmick. I think people forget that like you're actually the person that's responsible for bringing that together and bringing their confidence together, which then affects how they perform. Most people probably have never actually heard the role of a stylist described in a way that doesn't just kind of feel like, oh, she just picked the outfit. It's like you actually impact the whole outcome of every shoot or production or filming or whatever it is I'm sure for so many people just now it's clicked going oh my god like Lana sets up the talent <laughs> to do either a good job or a shit job because it's how they feel I
0: think that's exactly like you know we spoke about Abby today because I remember I was watching you guys chat uh, the other day but it's like <laughs> Abby and I were talking I was like you know it's about having a moment yeah and she was um doing sort of the boundary writer stuff and, and killing it but it's like babe, yeah, if you're a young gun coming to, coming up we need to make sure you we you have a moment i really believe that when you have those moments it sets you up for whatever you want like you've got to manifest what you want mm. you know and i think if we strip it back so it, it's not about sort of red carpets and things because we won't be having those but what is it that you want for yourself now how do we use this time wisely to manifest that like what what can we do to make us project what we want. And that's the bit I love about my job. I love going on journeys with people and I feel very lucky with the people I've been able to work with. And sometimes they'll move around and they'll work with other people and and that's okay. Like that's that's not a bad thing. I think sometimes it gears you up and opens doors to work with people that perhaps maybe didn't work with you because you worked with that person because they felt like maybe it was a conflict or I've learned over the time not to take things personally, which is really hard when you do invest so much of your personal time. But that's in any business, right? Like you've got clients that you work with who then roll over and go, I'm going to go work with this person. Or, yeah. But I feel like in a lot of ways what I've realised that's come with age <laughs> and wisdom, let's <laughs> call it wisdom, but it's, it's made me better. Mm. They're the things that we can evolve and, and move towards in, in, in times like now.
1: You know, yeah, Lance, you can really see with your attitude and and your dedication and hard work, but also humility and open-mindedness that this is why you've lasted so long from pouring coffees to styling the best of the best at the best of the best events. And not only that, but that most of the people you do style, you style regularly for everything they do. And that speaks to how your attitude from the beginning about managing relationships must have carried you through. You've gone from I don't even know what styling is to now I'm Australia's top stylist like that can't happen without you know what I mean the hard work that must have gone into that and now you know the nation's favorite seeing nard style beck abby there are so so many people who are signature lana girls (laughs) what are your favorite other than in iso what are your favorite events to style and second your favorite events for you to be on the red carpet on because now you're also doing that as well like coming out knowing you at the Logies seeing all the girls you style and then seeing you come out on the red carpet as well I'm like how the fuck did she have time to style all them then put her own dress on and come out
0: you know that that's an interesting story
1: (laughs) the light the light I I love red carpet it's my sweet spot Mm -hmm. no
0: question in my mind it's the Oscars like I I love it red carpet's my sweet
1: Would that be your ultimate?
0: What's your ultimate? Oh, the Oscars for sure.
1: Yeah. One day.
0: It's not that there's not opportunity. It's just I'm here. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like in a lot of ways that events, the Logies especially, I think for me almost felt. Because I was in Melbourne, and this is just taking it back a bit, there was this whole Melbourne versus Sydney thing when I first started, and I hadn't yeah. expected it at all as a stylist until I did the Logies and smashed it. I did, I smashed it. I was like, <laughs> I remember, I was like, "This Sherry Lee." It was 2015, and she was just she blew everyone away, and uh, and that's why she'll ever be like my person uh, as a result of that. Because I think it kickstarted a lot of our careers. Uh, be it Jake did makeup, Hermes, Daniel, we did her hair, Kapalatso Couture had been around for a long time, but seen in a different light.
1: That white dress is like, I've screenshotted it like 8 million times. I thought I was going to get married in that dress. I tried it on with Sonia. amazing. And I think,
0: so for me, the Logies holds a special place because I feel like it was quite a turning point. But that Logies that you spoke about, and that that was definitely a career highlight, no question. It was funny, I was talking about it the other night because Liam, my husband, was watching something on Sam Neill and he goes, oh, he seems like a great guy. And I was like, I, I interviewed him, I met him, I met Brian Brown. Who <laughs> I had grown up with, there was not a person that walked that red carpet that I interview." And so for me, all of my worlds had collided in the best way. Mm. But it was funny. I What people didn't know in the lead-up to that, so I was employed by the star, which was an amazing opportunity and that's how I got that red carpet gig. So I, I had to dress uh, five or six, lots of talent. <laughs> A week and a half prior, I had been diagnosed with influenza A, and I quarantined myself. I couldn't tell anyone really. I remember at one stage I put something on Instagram because I was like, "I need help. Someone needs to tell me." And everyone was like, "Just rest. It's going to take." Just drink some water. Weeks. I was like, "That is not an option." So I remember just medicating to the hilt. I don't know if it was sheer willpower, but I managed to come good. And my um, Haley wrote. She works for me. She's my brand manager. And we were working on the shoes at the same time as this mm. was all happening as well. And then I remember I started to come good. It was the Thursday. And then I remember Georgia Love ringing me saying, I've got a last minute gig with TV week. I need you to get me a gown. And in my mind, I'm like, babe, I still don't even know if I'm going to be able to get on this plane, let alone get, because obviously the Logies isn't in Queensland. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Anyway, we managed to get her a dress in a day from Jason Grinch, bless him. So we got that sorted. Anyway, but for me... I remember my process was that, and this is my process overall with red carpet and why I love it is that you've got to make, in anything you're doing as a stylist, you've got to make the talent feel number one. So even though I think, even though I was having to walk the red carpet, I knew I had to get all my bits ready before I even started working on them. So I was up at five, got my face (laughs) on, my hair down. You had
1: makeup on since five?
0: Yeah. yep. So Jade did
1: my face at five
0: o'clock, much to her dismay. Gabrielle Racuzzo did my hair. And so when the, and I was doing camera work and stuff for the start, so I had to be done. But I was like, I can't be getting my makeup on for my little moment while I'm dressing them because then it's not about.
1: Them. them, yeah. So I
0: say them like they're a herd of sheep. They're no, 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 I know what you mean. But luckily too, because I was always transparent that this is what we're doing, but they were amazing. And I remember we got them all out the door. By this stage, Marie Uwe was in there was in there because she'd been doing all the talent, Jade, and they're touching me up and doing stuff. They're like, you look like you're going to pass out. I was like, because I might. And I remember just like sculling <laughs> a can of Coke, throwing jelly beans, and I was like, we're on. <laughs> you know what? Best experience of my life. I was like, Oh, this is great! <laughs> so oh my
1: god,
0: it was like all my worlds got to collide. So that was by far my favorite, and it is red carpets are my favorite. I love the brown low too. The brown low is where I started, and you know wow. I've over the journey I have where people go, oh the wag stylist, and I'm like, call me whatever you want. My work's better than yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just like if that's what like, and I I hate those things. I think that that's an awful you know, like you shouldn't pigeonhole. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't say that with like, and it took a while to say that, go, you know what, but my work was elevated. If you need to say that so that I feel less, knock yourself. Mm. But you can't let those things. And they did at the start really kind of burn. Yeah. And I've
1: had people go, oh, you don't yeah.
0: need metal. It's like, but what's wrong with the brand metal? metal? It's, it's a way to be able to showcase amazing design. It's like, that's your stuff. Yeah. Oh, don't put that on me. Yeah. And I get to work with amazing women and some women who, you know, are, are lawyers or they're moms and they're looking for this moment and I get to be a part of that. So I'm like, you know what, I don't care what it is. If we get to be creative and we get to show amazing stuff, then, then that's great. So, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Lanz. And I think there's a bit of like, sometimes when things are so glamorous and beautiful and amazing, it does, it creates resentment in people who don't get to be there. And their way of sort of taking that out is often to put you down because they can't do what you're doing and they can't be in that world. And uh, it is absolutely one of those times where you're like, that's on you. That's not me. That's not my stuff. And it takes a lot of self-work to be able to separate it. But And definite on the self. Like it's taken me.
0: I've been a stylist now. It's my ninth year. I guess it's taken me seven and a half, eight to get to say that. Yeah. And even when they are described sometimes, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't define me yeah. like whether they're wax or not. Like I just think that title's just like you're a wife and a girlfriend. Yeah. That's what, that's what you are. But there's so much. More. It's descriptive. I'm, yeah. I'm a mum and a shoe designer and a stylist, but if you're a lawyer or a broker, you might think that that's boring. Well, that's fine. Like, I just don't think there's these labels, they don't mean anything like how you make me yeah. feel is the legacy that you leave, the impact that you have. Like, you know, am I defined because I'm a mum? You know what? That's a title I wear proudly. I love that I'm a mum. I think it makes me empathetic. I think it makes me understanding. I think I've I'm definitely learned to be more patient, particularly recently. Um, so I, I don't think we should be defined by those things. I think our actions show who we are. So, you know, I think that I feel excited and exhilarated when I get to work on those things and work with amazing people who I love. And you mentioned before that they come back and I don't take that for granted. I don't. And they support me in ways I can't even describe. Like it's not just a one-way relationship. Some of those people that you mentioned, I speak to about business and I go, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And I bounce and I feel fortunate to be able to do that. So, you know, I think... Both yourself and I, one of the reasons we get on so well, I think, is we get to do what we love. And I genuinely love fashion, I genuinely love styling, I genuinely love making people feel good. Mm. So I love that so
1: much. Let's just be real, you know, that's what it comes down to. And one of my favorite quotes. On that exact point, is uh, from Maya Angelou, which is people will never remember what you said or what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And I think it's so true. We agonize over the tiny little details of the wording or the caption or the whatever or the small little actions, but it's the feeling. Yeah. And I think, not to derail too much, but
0: I think that's the process that, you know, and we started off before uh, that I'm going through now is. What's the right thing? Mm. Like, I I don't know. I don't, you know, it's starting to feel okay for me personally and I take my hat off to everybody because it feels like there's lots of weights on us at the moment. Like, totally. photos and be dressed up feels okay now. It didn't feel okay. I'm not going to lie. For me personally, it didn't feel okay at the start, you know. There was a lot of uncertainty. I had friends who were out of work and I felt like I needed to switch off a bit and be mindful of that you know and um and mm. of the right levers to pull i've got a new range do you pull the trigger now do you wait and i think just sharing those truths is so important you know like i might post a photo where i'm looking good that day and i'm watching the real housewives and feeling good that day
1: <laughs> Mm-mm. yeah
0: yeah um but it's such a right now and an outlet but i feel like as well it's okay you know and i take my hat off i really do to those people that share when it's not good i struggle sharing when it's not good
1: mm. so i'm trying
0: to get past that because i think that's that's just part of doing what we do right
1: well that is the perfect, perfect segue into the next section, which is called nay to t eight which is sharing when it's not good. It's sharing all the shit bits and the barriers that say nay to your joy along the way. And I think the best place to start really, because uh, we've spoken about this, is to firstly introduce, as you mentioned, Worlds Colliding. The next beautiful, beautiful iteration of Lana Wilkinson is the shoe range, which has just exploded and been such a natural, beautiful extension of everything you do. But I think it, it also leads really nicely into the, the idea we've, you know, touched on briefly about self-doubt, that uncertainty of putting out something new. Even when you've, you know, you've conquered your self-doubt in one area of your life, in styling, it's taken you nine years, but then you take another step out of the comfort zone and yeah. those doubts and worries and am I shit, are people going to like it? All that stuff comes flooding back in. So yeah. tell us about the business, but also in the context of your journey with self-doubt and uncertainty along the way. So in, in being completely
0: honest, I'm I'm riddled with it. And I, often you feel fraudulent at times because part of my style of business is own who you are and feel good and et cetera. And I, I believe all those things, but sometimes, like any other person over the time, I've had those doubts within myself, often more times than I care to admit. Where for me the confidence came to do the shoes was that it was just it, it had come at a time where styling really became where well, there was a lot more people doing it, a lot of friends who are colleagues who are now friends who were doing who started out and started to cause, if I'm being honest, for me personally, a bit of uncertainty about where my place was. Because mm. I'd been doing it and, and as you can see from the thing or hear from the things I've been talking about, I'm always looking for what that next challenge is. So for me, that challenge or that need was was fast and quick, and I had always wanted to do a shoe brand. Um, and by this stage, my stable of clients was great, uh, and you know the work I was doing consistent. But I, I just felt like there was this gap in the market, and I wanted to fulfil it, and I wanted to push myself to perhaps, as I mentioned earlier, get out of my own way and. It was (laughs) who manages me, who really I credit to making that happen for me.
1: Also, guys, just quick interjection. Lana actually said just now, Prue Corrigan. That was cancelled out by my laughter, but the name was Prue Corrigan, the amazing founder of One Daydream PR. I remember saying I wanted to do it. And you know when you're
0: looking for sympathy, like, we do it now. Oh, just excuse and it was just, yeah, why, why aren't you doing it? I was like, oh, um, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm making funny or maybe I'm scared. or And it was just like, I'm just hearing excuses. And then oh. I was like, oh, well, that's harsh. But then I <laughs> her Christmas party in Sydney. She's got a Sydney office as well. And going up to her and you know, some people might be bored, they've heard this story. But I went upstairs and this amazing person who'd been in the shoe business for years. I, I won't name her because I, I, I don't want to, you know, in case she doesn't want to give out her all her advice for everyone. But um, I walked upstairs and I thought I was going up to a Christmas party and I was, but before that she was like, we're taking a meeting first. I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there and there's this, and she goes, oh, this particular woman who, who is amazing, worked in the industry for probably 20 years and said, so I hear you want to do a shoe brand. Talk to me about it. What do you want to do? And I was like, "I want to do this, I want to do this," and just bounced. It was just like I couldn't believe it, and within two weeks, I'd had a manufacturer, and I was taking a meeting with all my ideas, and we were on oh and I would credit God. you and that particular person I'll be indebted to forever because it made it happen. I just had to do it and that that at the time I was you know I'd taken on some quite big projects from a styling perspective, ambassadorships as well, because by this stage. I was starting to sort of speak more at the front as, a, I guess, an expert or in my mm-hmm. field. And I, I decided from the outset to keep it, I guess, kind of keep it on the down low. So I didn't put something up on my stories. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I take my hat off to you. But for me personally, I was fearful of doing that because then it's happening and it's real. Not that putting all that money out wasn't real either, but I could control it. Yeah, and I also, if we go back to when I was talking about wanting to make people feel like number one, I didn't want to think people. I didn't want any of my clients to think that I was taking my half the prize because it's just not yeah. how the people that work with me know that. And when I had eventually started to tell a couple of my close colleagues about it, they're like, "This is amazing. This is great. You know, this is good," and they'd share a few samples and anyway. And cut a long story short, that that fear was genuine. And then the business side of things started to creep in as well because. You've got staff and then you're having to manage them because by this stage I was just doing the styling stuff. I knew that, but this was a whole other thing. you mm. to set up stock. You're having to understand inventory. You're having to manage manufacturers. You're having to manage an event because we decided, I decided that I wanted to have an event to launch that, which actually added so much more pressure because my deliveries and stuff had to be on point. Yeah. And I kept learning the process of sampling and understanding that, your first range isn't going to be the exact way you pictured it. You know, people say if you knew what you knew, would you do it again? And the answer is probably no. I'm glad I did. But people kept saying shoes is so much harder than clothes, and it is uh, because you can't alter a shoe, right? Like if you buy something that's medium and you're small, if you really love it, you'll make it work. You can't, if you want a forty. you can't stick your foot in the 37. It's over. <laughs> yeah. A lot of little things that I, I didn't know and, you know, understanding that the last has to be perfect. So you get the the last bit is the sole that's at the bottom of the shoe. All this stuff. I won't bore you. But
1: oh, it's not boring at all. It is so fascinating. There
0: were just things that I had to learn, putting the right systems in place, mm. you know, making sure your accounts and your money is right. And, you know, and then people deciding if you're going to have stockers or not and how your terms are going to be set up. Like this was all foreign to me and I was doing it all behind the scenes, of, you know, at that point being a Bumble ambassador and promoting spring racing and yeah. Brownlow and all this sort of stuff. So it was it was a lot. And then I remember getting together to kind of put the idea together around how we would shoot it and launch it. And I just remember thinking... I I want it to look completely different. I know it has to be me, but it needs to, I want to not look the way I normally look when I do it, which is like this, right, blazer on, she's working. So I wanted it to be quite distinctive. Um, And then there's obviously working on the digital side as well and setting up a website and going through that process. So it's just, it was such a journey. And I remember um, the biggest hurdle I had, there were lots of hurdles actually, but the biggest hurdle I had was we're down to the final production um, of the items and I was meant to see all the production items and we were going to be launching three weeks later and it just happened that whoever had been in the factory that week didn't have their eye on the prize <gasps> and I remember being in New Zealand uh, I was there with Jagged uh, Michelle Green and Beck Judd and yeah yeah it was probably the best place I could have been I was with business owners and my teen texted me going was we going to do a FaceTime to look at these shoes and they're like, we can't, Lance, there's, there's faults. There's, and I just remember absolutely, because I had this event happening in three weeks, and I remember thinking my world is over, my money's gone, everything's bad. And it wasn't. It just was such a big blow. And no one talks about the blows, right? And I was thinking how am I going to navigate this? And it, I was with the exact right people I was meant to be with because then they started sharing their stories of how things had happened and hurdles they'd faced and then you started to realize this is normal Mm. this is just not my normal so you know we were able to turn that around in a week and everything was perfect again but that for that time it was just like stomach in throat then we launched and it was funny I not to sort of skip that step but I got asked the other day and I think from a styling perspective, it was easy to ask, but when did you feel like your influence was able to really take shape? And for me, I'd always was like, if I could have one person buy those shoes, I'd be excited, I'd be wrapped. And then we were selling like two pairs of shoes a minute as we launched and I was like, how is this happening? So I'm, I'm forever grateful for that experience. Um, my stomach was in my throat the whole time And then it continued to be in my throat because, you know, we had this influx of orders. The next thing you know, I'm in a storage unit. I've set up, we're packing and shipping orders. I'm dealing with customer care. And then at the same time, I'd committed to doing about 40 looks for spring racing, which was happening two weeks later. So I've never been on the brink of broken, but then totally exhilarated as well if that makes sense oh my god the regret that I have is that it was amazing from a business perspective but personally and I'm forever grateful to Liam and my kids is they kind of took such a back seat during those three weeks yeah. when I look back and I reflect in this time that we have so much time to reflect on, I don't know if I would do it in that way again. I think something has to give. You can't be all things to all people all the time.
1: Absolutely. And it,
0: and it's not good for your health. It's not good for your mental state. Mm. My thing was is I wanted to do 150% at everything. I had an amazing team to help me support that, but it's also at what cost. And I remember being at the races and I was exhausted and it's like I should be enjoying this and I and I did and I fulfilled all of my commitments But I think in hindsight, it's a beautiful thing. And I think don't stretch yourself beyond your limits. That is
1: exactly what my next question was exactly that is obviously all I'm hearing is like these incredible, incredible things. But I'm also thinking, okay, doing the maths, there's this much time, there's this many activities. Like, how is that all fitting in? And burnout is the next big barrier that almost everyone in our position who's motivated, driven, excited and willing to go back to be a beginner at something new for the sake of the next chapter of growth, that new chapter always involves absolutely killing yourself and smashing yourself until you realize it. you almost have to go through that to then learn the lesson that you need to learn with hindsight that you can't be at 150% all the time. It's not sustainable. I just finished the chapter in the A book, which is exactly that, that, that you can have too much of a good thing. Like you have to learn to say no to things you don't want to do but you actually also have to learn to say no to things you do want to do when there's too many of them, which is the most lovely first world problem to have. But if you don't, you ruin the fun for all of it. And that's been a huge challenge for me too. Uh, and, that,
0: the, and that is about the doer in me, right? So I'm a doer. That's what I do, you know, but it's at what cost. And that's the thing I'm realizing yeah. now, is it's okay to say, actually, I can't. And nobody put that expectation on me to be clear, like nobody. I did that to myself. No. And I think it's that's the thing. It's like, what are the things that you need to adapt? Because we're adapting now. And I think for me it was about adapting how I communicated, you know, adapting my schedule so that I had time for me. Mm. You know, like, oh, I've got to get my hair and makeup done for that. like who says that? I've got to go get my hair and makeup done. Ooh. Yeah, for sure. In hindsight. I, I think I look back and I go, I enjoyed it all, but I was racing through it all. Oh. But it's like the cost to your body down the road when this is all over, that's not great, you know. And I think your mindset, it, when it's clear, you're able to do so many more things and you're kinder to yourself and then you're kinder to others. And I think I think for me, that's been the biggest thing of all is adapting now even in this new normal of having a business where I've had to worry about, staff and keeping them because as you mentioned i was very i'm very very fortunate that i'm not sitting on inventory we've done well you know because they're the things that can make or break a business
1: totally. but the
0: challenges for example is you've got your new range that i can put to market now but it's not the right time i know that i know that with myself i'm not running around there's nowhere to go right now so yeah. what does that look like what does the campaign look like am i shooting it at home that makes sense because i can't shoot it on other people You can shoot
1: it on me. You know, I was wearing these babies the other day. I know, with my trackies.
0: In that, I was vibing. It was such a vibe.
1: Where do I wear them? That's the thing. I think that's the thing. And I don't want
0: people to think where can I wear them. I want people to be excited that we're getting out. You know, so it's all about timing. And it's being authentic to that. It's being real. And there's no rush. Why are we rushing all the time? And I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing that this has forced us to do. Because if I look back, as we mentioned before, that time we were doing, this was Logie's time last year. So I was racing around. I was sick. It's like I'm not. I'm healthy. I've got my kids. Mm. I've got time. Like what are the things that you've been putting off, you know, like for the first time in a long time? As I mentioned before, I'm actually been complaining about it's not about Weight or anything—it's about feeling good, Strength, feeling strong. Yeah. And and this is probably being honest. <laughs> this is probably the honest I've been, if I'm being honest. <laughs> honest I've been if I'm being honest. Like, that's a lot of honest. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I think it's because we're friends. I felt comfortable to say. I'm, definitely struggled and and Mm. I think there are more struggles to come but you've got to keep talking absolutely I choose personally to use these platforms to do that um you know I'm probably not as comfortable when like using Instagram as that platform at times um and I I wish I did have that confidence I wish I did um because I it, it helps when people say they're having a bad day. Sometimes that sounds awful.
1: No, 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 not at all. I think it's it's showing the human side of us all that we share more in our struggles than we share in our successes, and that's the bit that just it's not that you're celebrating. Their downfall, it's that you just are reminded that everyone has shit bits. The other thing that I think has been lovely to hear from you as well is that, like so many of us, we have been given the gift of time. And this is where the next section, play TA, comes in, which is the fact that so many of us have never cultivated an identity that is joyful, that is just for pleasure, that has no productive outcome. The fact that even you and I, because we are so similar, have talked for like an hour and 20 minutes about work and the work part of our identities. And we left the play bit because it's our natural tendency because we love it and it's, a, it's almost worse when you love your job because you don't want to stop. Like, why would you bother stopping? But you realize it's because you stop enjoying it because you, you have too much of a good thing. So now you've had a little bit more time to reflect on how you might play and how your identity as Lana outside of shoes, outside of styling, outside of mom, outside of homeschool teacher, what are the things that you do for your joy that are just for pleasure and for play?
0: Well, I think of late I've really enjoyed going on walks, whether that be walking with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something I've loved. You know, it's not that I don't do that with my children, but we're doing it every day. Like, that's great. Like, they love that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm exercising a lot more for me versus exercising because, uh, I'm conscious of how I put this, without, I'm exercising for me because I want to feel strong. I, I also enjoy um, podcasts. Obviously, CCA is on the top of my list. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've actually been listening to a thing called, i downloaded it and I highly recommend it for anyone who's in business, um, Masterclass. Wow. It's an app um, and it's got really identifiable um, leaders in industry. So I'm, I'm obviously sort of tuning into sort of the fashion, editorial, product space. Um, I've already listened to Anna Wintour mm. and so I'm a European so I talk with my hands. Um <laughs> I'm Diane von Fostenberg. It's just been really incredible. So I've been trying to really tune into that, just because I'm finding in the at the moment, as I was talking about, even with my brand, it's like mm-hmm. just trying to get out of your own space and your own experiences, so that you can just stop, pause, reflect, and plan. And so, uh, funny, even work still creeping into my. I know. I'm like, but- wait.
1: <laughs> do you listen to or watch anything that's not related to learning? Are you a Netflix binger?
0: Okay, so I again though, but probably about excellence. I'm hooked on the Last Dance. Like when that dropped last night, I was like, I need to watch it. So it's about (laughs) Michael Jordan. I I really love things where people build themselves up and they, you know, to be great. Um, So I've been binge watching a bit of that. I actually started to watch uh, the Aaron Hernandez Killer Inside. I love it.
1: It is amazing, and I,
0: I really love the psychology of somebody. Who's at the top of their game? Like he was. Well, he was. He was going to receive a forty million dollar contract.
1: I still, it blows my your mind. Your
0: psychology of things and the way you almost unintentionally, obviously, you know, impacted and destroyed your whole life. Like I think I don't want to say that's interesting. That sounds like the wrong thing, but it's it's quite thought provoking. Um, intuitive. Exactly. That's exactly. That's the right words. Mm. That's why you do it. <laughs> <do. laughs> Uh, you know, it, it was it, it was exceptional. So I think in a lot of ways, I you know, I, I was really kind of hooked on that. I've really been uh, watching sort of the, the play-by-play of the Harvey Weinstein situation. Mm. It's awful. I'm surprised. Awful glorify, glorifying uh, crime.
1: No, 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 but babe. I- I'm like... The yay gal who's like so yay and bubbly and fluffy, and all I watch is like crime, war, history, yeah. like serial killers. I love it because I think it's an escapism as well. You know, we're all that's exactly what it is. You know, um, as I mentioned earlier, I
0: love a lot of sports. I love all those challenges. I love that kind of you know got to go, got to win. Like I, I think those things can be quite motivating. So I think in a lot of ways they're kind of the things that I'm I'm trying to um, get a hold of. And the other thing I'm doing because people probably think it's part of my job that I sort of know where it's at when it comes to beauty and stuff. And anyone who works for me will tell you, I suck. No way. So I don't like that normally, like not today. Obviously, we're in ISO, but I pay to get hair and makeup done because I'm terrible at it. I love it. I know what's good and what's bad. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to doing it on myself, so I've been trying to watch um, like tutorials and stuff like that. Like is already is one of my best friends. I've been telling her you've got to do more of that. So I've been watching her things to kind of, and I've been sitting there like trying to do it on myself.
1: She's a legend. <laughs> Make yourself, like that's what
0: I know. We've said it before, and it's the ethos of my. Businesses is that you, you know, you got to feel good from the inside out, mm-hmm. like, and 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 the outside. I can only fix like as a stylist. There's only so much I can do, and there are things I've had to, particularly in isolation, I've had to say, mm-hmm. like, you're preaching that, so do that as well. And sometimes that's hard, as I've said before. I won't touch on it because we want to, you know, hopefully be as as positive as we can. But it, that that has been a very real reality of how you. When it is part of your identity, how you do make yourself feel good. So for me, it's it's been little things like I might be putting a bit of tan on, like because I know I hate watching this as being the walls behind me. So you know, thankfully my friends are (laughs) spray on, say sorted, you know, but. I think we've got to try and support each other where we can, and move forward in the best way we can, and keep talking. We'll come out of this. We'll be all right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, Lance, thank you so much for the incredible chat. You always share so openly, and I just I feel so good every time I talk to you. We have such a good chuckle, and I always feel like there's no filter. It's just like.
0: I've been an avid fan. You know, I was very fortunate. I feel like we we've connected. lot and i i I felt like i really got to know you when i was um interstate on a a work job with your husband nick incredible i feel like i found my like (gasps) i feel like we should have been friends in another life we're the same like it was like whether it'd been that we like the same tune or we remember a time i was like i was there i remember that and and I feel like there's all these connections around us and, um, you know, I was really, really privileged when you asked me to come on. I feel really chuffed. Um, so I thank you so much and I think I've enjoyed this more than um, than I think you would probably know. So thanks, Heats.
1: Oh, Lance. Oh, well, we've got two last little questions as well to finish off on a bright note. The second last one is the three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation, so a way for us to get to know each other even more. I feel like you've shared one already, which is that we wouldn't expect that you don't know about beauty and stuff. So what are two other random interesting things about you? Um, I'm a cracking dancer. No, no. <laughs> like
0: I'll be the last one on the D four always. <laughs> like I haven't started TikTok, but it sort of scares me because then people will really see who I am. Like you get competitive, you get dancer in there. It's like boom.
1: Like I, you, you saw me. It took me eighty-five hours to do that last video. Oh,
0: it was awesome. I loved it. But I was really, I, I love, I love a tune and
1: I love dancing. It's, um,
0: it's my thing
1: um when we get back out of iso we'll be those like people who are too old to be in nightclubs who will be in a nightclub together just like i was <laughs> like i
0: can't wait till bring it on um i do <laughs> i re i reiterate movie kind of quotes and like like it's, it's stupid stuff like um, <laughs> like I'll, I'll do stuff and people go i didn't know that you were that much of a dork but i actually am but it's like you know, like, like things like, uh, for example, I remember talking to someone I'll just relay like, something from Entourage. or Oh,
1: attention. like you'll re eh? I'm
0: not verbalising this right, but I, I'll do quotes from from movies and stuff. I, I, I almost want to run into one now so it makes it sound relevant, but it's like, you know, like, <laughs> like I love Whoopi Goldberg and I'll be like... His name is Willie Lil Peters. He wants you to write it down. No, you write it down. That ain't no goddamn secretary. So, like, I sit there and do that stuff like TikTok. That's why I can't start because I will not stop. That's why I'm like, I'm loving like Anthony Kalia's. When we talk about before things, I'm, I'm tuning out. I love Anthony Kalia and Tim Campbell's, like, Real
1: Housewives. And <laughs> it's so good.
0: Oh, man. It's what you do to me, you make me be like who I really am. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> that is the best, though. This is why I love this platform so much and why I appreciate so much how generously you've shared of yourself because that's the best bit is sharing who people are. So very last question, what's your favourite quote?
0: Oh, we were talking about one before. My favourite, I should have thought about this because I listened to yours. I know this is what this is. (laughs) Treat people the way you want, you wish
1: to be treated. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Because I feel like for me, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't like that. Yeah. So I feel like if you treat people the way you wish to be treated
1: and wear that,
0: then good comes with good I'm, I'm hopeful or i'm completely screwed if it's like that, you know if you put good out it's going to come back like i think treat people the way you wish to be treated because i feel like it it applies to personal it applies to business it applies to life i just think you know it's it's small and probably insignificant in some ways but i really do believe that you you, you if you are who you say you are and you treat people the way you wish to be treated it'll come back and i think right now that instills a lot of hope and i i really feel that that's that's what we've got right now there's so much uncertainty but with hope we can do anything so
1: oh, yeah Lance, what a beautiful beautiful way to finish thank you so so much for your time your energy your love um i wish i could give you a big hug right now <laughs> i really miss you babe like i miss
0: And you know, there's light at the end of this tunnel. There is. I I can feel it. I think you know, and I I just, I wish, I hope everyone stays safe. I hope you, you know, look after yourself. And I really hope that we're, we're dancing on a D4 coming soon,
1: (laughs) very soon. In the in the new range, babe. In the new range. In the new range. That's right. It always makes me chuckle to hear guests realize how much they're letting their guard down and I never underestimate the privilege it is to be let so far into their true selves plus to be allowed to share it. I personally always love realizing how much we all do have in common and connecting with people from all walks of life through our human experience and I hope you guys do too. I'm sure you've noticed Lana got quite vulnerable and honest with us today, so please do give us some love if you're listening along, sharing the episode and tagging at Lana Wilkinson and myself so we know what you thought. And don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for the next round of Chits and Giggles, Guest TBC. In the meantime, have a great week and hope you're seizing your yay.